Hello, and welcome to Useful Idiots. I'm Katie Halper. And I'm Matt Taibbi. How's it going, Matt? It's good. I have a new I have a new life strategy. Ooh, what's that? I don't follow the news unless I have to for work. 90% of your time you spend working, I feel like? Right, but I only now look at the issue I'm actually interested in. Which would be? I mean, it, it varies from day to day, issues, but like, yeah. for instance, I just didn't even know any of the stuff in Gaza happened. Right. Which Makes is like terrible for them, but... Uh, but, but Great made, for you. Yeah, made me much happier. And now, sadly, you have to learn about this. I know, I know. I had to, yeah. I had to cram. Not just because it's in the headlines and we want to be a responsible citizen and not just because we're going to be talking about the stories, but sadly, sadly for you, and apologies, but sadly for you, we are going to have indeed Abby Martin on the show, who right. is a, uh, an amazing journalist, uh, host of The Empire Files, and the uh, director of Gaza Fights for Freedom, which is a great documentary. We had her on before to talk about it, but we're having her on again for a couple of reasons, one of which... Speaking of things that you care about, Matt, you kind of care about content moderation and censorship. Am I right? Mm -hmm. Do I know you well enough after over a year of working with you? Yeah. And Bette Midler stories. Bette Midler stories are a little lower on the on the caro meter, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's it's there. That's that's something you don't know unless you work closely with Matt. <laughs> right. That's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's a that's a secret fascination of mine. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and she, of course, uh, that, that film is sadly more relevant than ever because of what's happening right now. But also, interestingly enough, she, and she predicted this actually on, on my show, on the Katie Halper show, like a couple months ago, she was saying that they were going to release Gaza Fights for Freedom for free. She's like, if they let it stay on YouTube, that is. And yeah. it's still on YouTube, but as she'll get to, uh, as we'll talk about with her, it's, it's certainly not uh, very, as readily accessible as it would be without certain things happening on the part of youtube Does right done yeah and we'll get to all that but also i didn't know this matt they're turning hate ink ink and you honestly knowing you you probably don't know it either they're turning hate ink into a documentary oh yeah no i do know that oh, yes. okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, I even tweeted about it wow it's a group they, they they're a production company they they work with journalists to to make reportages into right. documentaries so it's it's a cool thing well yeah, next time you need to run this by me because obviously this reflects on useful idiots right and, right uh, you know Sorry. obviously this is going to be a useful idiots co-production too <laughs> yeah of course yeah oh i want to tell you something what's that you know last week on our our Substack only section which people should definitely subscribe to usefulidiots.substack.com we talked with thomas frank about what we did during covid during the pandemic and i want to mark a historic chapter yesterday i did a dance a a dance workout class a dance workout class yeah a dance like, like yeah a dance not not like a zumba thing but you know something that's you dance and it's exercise and it was really fun wow it's like a zoom Thing? No, in real life, because real life. Uh, wow. yeah, it's we're all we're masked and we social distance, and you know we're all vaccinated. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Returning to real life, that's yeah, a, that, that's cool. Well, congratulations! One dance move at a time. Right, right. You're gonna have to do like the uh, Napoleon Dynamite uh, show for us eventually, right? Yeah. Like... Gosh, Napoleon. <laughs> great movie. All right, so Democrats suck as me. There was a lot to choose from, and. 
there's a lot of stuff that's related to the Gaza situation, but um, since we're going to be talking about a lot of those things anyway in the rest of the show, uh, I figured I'd go with something that I actually wrote about last week. Oh, yeah. And this is a story that kind of has appeared in the news, but just hasn't gotten a lot of purchase, I guess, in, in, in the press for some reason. But I think it's a it's a major story. So CNN did a story. Biden team may partner with private firms to monitor extremist chatter online. What could go wrong? And so then if you, you read the story and it, it, it starts off like this, the Biden administration is considering using outside firms to track extremist chatter by Americans online, an effort that would expand the government's ability to gather intelligence, but could draw criticism over surveillance of U.S. citizens. The Department of Homeland Security is limited in how it can monitor citizens online without justification and is banned from activities like assuming false identities to gain access to private messaging apps used by extremist groups such as the Proud Boys or the Oath Keepers. Instead, federal authorities can only browse through unprotected information on social media sites like Twitter and Facebook uh, and other open online platforms. A source familiar with the effort said it is not about decrypting data, but rather using outside entities to legally access these private groups to gather large amounts of information that could help DHS identify key narratives as they emerge. The plan being discussed inside DHS, according to multiple sources, would in effect allow the, the department to circumvent those limits. The thing that's amazing about this to me is that sort of liberal America fought for ages to not have stuff like this happen, right? Like sort of the, the land, landmark cases like Map v. Ohio were drawing clear rules about how you gather evidence, like the government's not allowed to to introduce evidence that it got illegally, right? right. So you can't- Poison you, fruit, what is it? Yeah, fruit of the poison tree, right? Yeah. Like you, you, you can't hire a, you know, a private investigator to go th through somebody's window without a warrant, go get a bunch of evidence, come back and then use it in a court case. Like right. this, it's it's A, vigilantism, and B, it's it's it completely is an end around or around all the rules for- surveillance gathering evidence right. probable cause all those things right these are and like it's also like in uh the opposite of a deterrent right i mean that's one of the biggest reasons it can't be done because if it were admissible there'd just be so much more of it right of course yeah, yeah. like the, the whole idea is that the, the 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 government has to have some kind of reason before it kicks your door in and they already do kick your door in like the idea that that you know we would need some kind of new program that would allow private citizens to to go and do this it's crazy on like 16 different fronts because first of all they already do it like you know simultaneous to this news coming out we had news that the fbi got busted for the umpteenth time violating the fisa rules to spy on people they've been like systematically doing that they got censured by the fisa court four different times you know, we have national security letters that the FBI sends out where they can just basically get anybody's information that they want. If they send a letter to your internet carrier, your carrier is prohibited from telling you about it. Like there's gag rules that, that don't allow you to do that. They can get any data they want, your medical records, your chats, whatever, right? Uh, they do it illegally, legally, all kinds of ways. But this is like such an escalation of what the, the war on terror even was about. It just kind of was announced in a, in a CNN story and got 
no interest whatsoever, I, which right. I just found fascinating. I, I don't know. You did get cited, of course. Guess guess where you got cited, Matt? Oh, God, I don't even want to know where. I mean, it's not surprising. Fox News headline, Matt Taibbi, colon, media outlets once challenged the spy state. Now <laughs> they're agents of it. This thing, you know, this whole domestic war on terror, like, narrative, it, it's because of so many other things that are happening in the news now, it's it's just not getting any ink like you know when when the first war on terror happened hate ink. <laughs> hate ink. it's right. not getting any hate ink i mean all these little developments were covered because at the time re reporters cared about all that stuff right. like are we torturing people or we have do we have detention without you know without uh due process any all that stuff you actually heard about those things this stuff now it's it's in this space where people i think either have fatigue from the last war on terror or it's because the targets the perceived targets are so un unsympathetic they they don't care yeah that's yeah there's that there's the there's a i think trump derangement syndrome can we right. come up with the i always say this what's it what's an how can we make a left term of that so we don't sound like yeah let's see, if, they, uh... if the right says trump derangement syndrome about libs what the left what can we call it trumpitis maybe i mean it, it it's it's almost like the like the trump crush or something like that right because they're oh, so they, yeah right like they they don't want to admit it but they love him it's like uh, when michelle wolf said at the, the white house correspondence dinner she said she's like i think you guys have a crush on donald trump because you're always talking about him you're kind of obsessed with him right yeah, yeah. and they and they are and they're they're, they're trump crush yeah i like it orange crush that's perfect orange <laughs> crush because that's a real drink right and they're always calling him orange the orange so crush of, yeah all right i like that yeah. i like that, that yeah. works yeah. um and and just this is a different question right because this is about like vigilante online policing i guess right would you would you call it that yeah kind of i just want to remind people because a, a lot of libs do really believe that oddly enough somehow the uh, mark zuckerbergs of the world are going to save us even though they also claim the mark zuckerbergs of the world are engaged in like russian in, uh, information conspiracies right uh, which never made a lot of sense to me just so people know you know instagram which is of course owned by facebook mark zuckerberg's whole thing operation they were blocking instagram posts about uh, missing indigenous women which mm -hmm is they apologize for it um, why did why did they do that i'm well apparently it was accidental i'm just reading at alaska public media posts about missing and murdered indigenous people disappeared from instagram the company says it was a mistake um the morning after missing and murdered indigenous persons awareness day inupiaq advocate J jackie lambert noticed half of the stories she shared on instagram about the day had disappeared she immediately tweeted about it because it was so odd. I thought it was just me. I thought it was some kind of glitch. But then I went to go look at other people I know who've also shared their onto their stories. The same thing is happening to them. Doesn't really make sense. Don't get it. They apologized. They said it was uh, accidental. But it you kind of you kind of can't make it up, right? It's like they're talking about missing and murdered indigenous women. So they, so, then, they, so they disappear the tweet, yeah, the, 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 yeah. the post as well. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, they're showing instead of telling maybe. Yeah. And then in conjunction with the whole Gaza thing, like, let's not forget oh, that yeah. they, there's this long standing history of Facebook 
eliminating yeah. you know huge yeah. numbers of, of posts you yeah. know, that come from Palestinian writers right so yeah um, journalists or just random civilians yeah we talked about that with Ali Abu Nima which I right. recommend everyone look at that so again this is just my like weekly reminder to leftists that this stuff that one Mark Zuckerberg will not save us and two we are more censored than other people and if you care about the Israeli-Palestinian conflict the occupation you don't want this stuff to happen well, you just don't want vigilantism kind of in general right? for a variety of reasons. Like the like all these protections were put in place to to protect, you know, sort of groups in the minority. When there's mob rule and when people are upset, you know, they, they tend to want to rush straight past all the niceties of, you know, production of evidence and all those things and go straight to conviction. Well, you know, what's going to happen if we have you know, a situation where the government's essentially empowering people to hack into right. uh, everybody's databases, go into their personal email files and chats and all of these other things, and then turn over things that they think are suspicious uh, to the government. It's, you know, it's it's like the, it's like a Soviet style system, except worse, you know? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, very, very nasty. So if, if that's vigilantism, how would you describe the Mark Zuckerberg, like giving him more power? Is that well, vigilantism or is that... In a way, yeah. I mean, it's 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 you're you're deputizing, yeah. you're you're privatizing like the functions of the state, basically. Like that's that's been the kind of the subtext of the whole censorship thing is is they're they're washing washing their hands of the legal questions by saying, oh well, this is all taking place in in a private space, right. but and behind the scenes they they're having cooperation agreements between the FBI and and all these different platforms and. As as well as like the Atlantic Council and all these other groups that are full of ex spooks, so they're they're getting somebody that's that's a private entity to to do the work that they that normally the state would do, right? In a, in a repressive environment, so it's that's bad. This is this is a little different because it's they're basically like soliciting people to do this kind of right. work for them, but you know it's still not good, but. Republicans suck this week must be interesting. They had a lot of crazy, crazy shit happening. Well, so. actually, that's interesting. Uh, what would you what were you going to predict that I'd have? I'm just curious because oh. you said there's so much to do. There's so much there. I'm curious what you're what I would have gone. I mean, even though there are caveats with that story, I would have gone with the Liz Cheney. Thing. Really? Yeah. Well, yeah. You know what, Matt? I am going to go with the Liz Cheney story. You know why? Because why? and as people know, Liz Cheney, what she's been removed of. She's had her rank pulled. Mm -hmm. And people are celebrating this because, you know, she she doesn't believe in the big lie that the election was stolen. You know, the, the breaking news that everyone is talking about is that she's been ousted from the leadership. Here's what I think, though. Ready? I think Republicans suck. Obviously, the Republicans who don't want her to lose her power, they suck. How do you like that? Wow. That uh... is it. You didn't expect that, right? That curveball? No. Why, why is that? I guess I want to say that. I mean, she, Liz, there, there's, she's got lots of problems, but yeah. Yeah, lots of problems. And, you know, Ber just just as a quick reference, you know, Bernie Sanders got into some hot water. Of course, I he's not in hot water for me because, you know, it takes a lot for him to get into hot water for Katie Helper. But uh, he, he tweeted something pre pretty reasonable in defense of Liz Cheney, right? This was last week saying, Rep Liz Cheney will likely be voted off the House Republican leadership. Her crime acknowledging the reality that Trump lost the election. The Republican Party is no longer nice. a conservative party. Thank you. It is an anti-democratic cult. 
pushing the big line conspiracy theories that end thing i did i took that from james adomian's impersonations because uh-huh. he does that really well the whole like rushed sentence kind of right, rushed, right, right, right. Rushed, uh, cadence you know a lot of people celebrated this but you know i talked about this with with leslie lee shout out to leslie lee of struggle session and he pointed out like the republican party has always been an anti-democratic cult pushing big lies and conspiracy theories and in fact liz cheney is the progeny of one such republican known as dick cheney overall terrible human being and of course he pushed the wmd lie which sent us got us into the war with iraq we shouldn't lose sight of how much republicans always suck and how much liz cheney sucks even though she doesn't believe in this one particular conspiracy she certainly believed the wmd conspiracy and so I think that we just have to remember that this is a different shade. Like this is a different shade, a different tone of, of, of the Republican Party. Donald Trump's conspiracies, I think, are like, I honestly just think they're kind of less, they're not sold as well, like that he lost the election. I don't really think it's more ridiculous than the WMD conspiracy. No, it's of a different, I mean, I would say it's of a different character, right? So... I think a lot of people maybe subconsciously understood that the WMD thing was a lie. And what they were really doing was rationalizing with themselves this idea that, you know, we should, we, we should bomb whoever we want to bomb. Right. And we know we're, we're mad about 9-11. It doesn't matter. They didn't have anything to do with it. Right. You know, we're going we're gonna to go, you know, smoke them out of their hidey holes and all that stuff. Yeah. You know, I can't believe I'm saying this, but but the, <clears throat> the you know, the Republican Party has has always betrayed its constituents, right? Like that's that's been maybe their primary feature as a as a political party is that they they represented represented themselves as being the party of ordinary people. You know, and they're hard... just slightly less that party than the Dems are. Well, right. Yeah, they're they're slightly less in the sense that like stylistically they at least know how to talk to those people. But like fi- you know, financially, economically they've right. they've always been massive sellouts of you know, of their actual constituents. Right. I just think the the Trump thing is there. Are, there are things the Republicans could do right now that that could that could win them a lot of support and influence. All they have to do is not be completely insane. They, they they're picking the one path that will ruin them as a party. Well, right. maybe not. You well, know, that's great though. Aren't isn't there going to be a split? Wouldn't that be great? I, th- I thought I, I thought four years ago that Donald Trump was going to result in the ruining of the Democratic Party, and right. he, he ended up winning. So you know, you, you never know. It's bad news for the Republicans yeah. that this is happening. Let's put it that way. It's, right. it's gonna it's gonna make it impossible for them to run on anything except this. the The intolerance there is, you know, for all the people who complain about cancel culture on the right, like this, this shows like a, a, an even more like blinding unwillingness to deal with any kind of contradiction or difference of opinion or anything like that. Right. So, I well, know. I just, I just, I guess I just want to make clear that she is also awful. And I would say that she is part of, you know, if we consider her part of the Bush Cheney legacy, they right. still have more blood on their hands than right. Trump. Well, that's we shouldn't true. lose sight of that, and we shouldn't lose sight of how incredibly radical neocons are. Right? They're not radical in their in their like um, aesthetic, and they're not radical in their tone. No, they're I mean, rhetoric. It's all the stuff that we were just talking about in the last segment. It's right. it's assassination, detention without trial, right. warrantless surveillance. Snooping on everything from your library records, your medical records, yeah, undeclared war, right? Like crossing borders without permission, like you know, yeah. like 
they, they were, they really were radical. They built like a state within the state. They reinstituted all kinds of things that had been pulled back upon after the church committee hearings right. in the seventies. So they're, yeah, they're awful. And, and, and Dick Cheney is, was the mastermind of all those things. Yeah. I just think that like, there, there is actually a place to step down from, from there, which I, or maybe not. I don't know. I guess, yeah. it's, I guess it's I don't a know. Right. It's, I think I just want to make sure that we consider that. I'm not saying we have to all end up in the same place. But I do think people are forgetting that. And I would argue that one of the scariest, most dangerous parts about the kind of more what classical neocon hawkish GOP version of the GOP is that it, it seems normal. Like it doesn't seem ridiculous and scary and, and like cultish and weird the way that Trump does. That's true. I mean, yeah, getting getting rid of the sheen of of normalcy. Yeah. But, you know, the thing is, that's you're only getting rid of it among democrats right or or you know potential uh, independence i think you know on the other side of the aisle they're they're not thinking yeah. in those terms i don't think yeah except for like the entire bush administration that migrated to msnbc right well you, you hear they're thinking they're, they're they're preparing to threaten to form a new party did you see that yeah which ones those are the those are the msnbc ones or is it the other crazy like the openly they're basically openly crazy or super sinister it's a, it's a hundred people who who all have former before their titles okay um so these and, are never trumpers kind of yeah they're like never yeah. trumpers it's yeah. sort of like lincoln project yeah 2.0 without the sexual uh <laughs> without, without the, without the boy touching. Yeah. yeah exactly yeah. yeah that would be good it would divide them right we want to divide and conquer yeah but that doesn't threaten the, the Dems, though. That's a problem. We actually need division and conquering on the left, maybe, to push the Dems into not being so bad. I don't know. That's I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a huge fan of being like a uniparty state, you know. Like, I yeah. Think, no, I me think, neither. I'm just saying yeah. that would actually make the Dems. It would be good if the Dems were actually on the left. Anyway, but so I just want to say that Republicans suck. And I'm, I'm going to say it. Liz Cheney is one of the Republicans who suck. And I just think just to crystallize it in this, you know, this somewhat overblown story about Bernie Sanders defending her on Twitter. This is a good reminder. Someone put this together on Twitter, this juxtaposition. But it's a good reminder that Liz Cheney herself, okay, tweeted, liberals like Bernie Sanders and Nancy Pelosi are more committed to the war on fossil fuels than they are to defeating ISIS. No surprise, uh, commie Bernie Sanders who honeymooned in Soviet Union is okay with us getting attacked first on a side note he seems to have daddy issues with my daddy wow wow right i mean you should have daddy issues because your dad is dick cheney that's right. already a thing you're maybe you're projecting and that was in response to bernie sanders saying taking national security advice from a cheney has already caused irreparable damage to our country we don't need any more thanks good tweet bernie yeah Bernard, nice right yeah. um but yeah, she sucks, and uh, we just shouldn't forget that. That's all I'm going to say. And this has been your surprise sneak attack, Republicans suck, right. where I actually go to how much Cheney sucks. Right. Uh, that, was, that was well done. Announcer. I didn't yeah, well know done, it was right? a curveball. Didn't see curveball, that. Curveball, yeah. Yeah, I was way out ahead of that pitch. Uh, all right, so for uh, Isn't That Weird, we end up kind of blurring the lines between weird and, and terrible. Like, I, I did well, find Matt, something Matt weird. Does, yeah. I do that, right, yes. Did you see the story about like the weird fish that 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 washed up in California? No, I didn't. We could talk about this. All right, I like this. This is when last week we had kind of a, a runner up, right? We had a terrible story about Wang. Right. Yeah, yeah, about yeah. About a Wang, and then we had uh, again just going to say if people don't already subscribe, 
Useful idiots at Substack.com. We have a very, very off-color discussion about a shit sandwich, which leads to an even... You thought that was off-color. Mm-hmm. It turns into a debate about necrophilia and... Which we've never had before. No, we and you actually totally, Matt, you were the one who pushed this. You really pushed the would you rather eat shit or necrophile. <laughs> you know what? We should add this. Even though it's a paywall section, I think we should we should treat our audience who doesn't pay to some of that. And we should have a poll. I'm going to write it. I'm going to write a subsec poll of would you rather. Well, what would the poll be? Would you rather eat shit or or have sex with a dead person but or, or would it be would you rather eat shit or have sex with a dead ugly person like henry kissinger or oh right yeah dead dead ugly person uh that's you know what we're gonna have to look into that and you guys can find that all of that and more <laughs> useful idiots that's like that come come for the content stay for the shit eating necrophilia would you right. rather yeah i mean there's a lot of variables there right are there, there are. Reese's pieces in the shit are there oh. or or is it is it is it just shit you know what I'm saying? Why did your brain go to Reese's Pieces in the ship? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, why not? Okay. Uh, do you like Reese's Pieces? I do. I do. Like yeah. Reese's okay. Pieces. I see. So yeah. what you were creating, you were, you were kind of heightening the contradictions. That, that's, that's a thing that could be in shit. Right. Could be. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Corn. You know, I was going to say corn. Yeah. That's right, yeah. too much. But, but what's interesting is Matt is much more, I go, you know, I go where no man or woman has gone on podcasting history, which is, defending the more i don't want to say defending you did already problematizing the immorality oh. i'm just saying i'm i'm known for my bold necrophilia takes but matt you were really like on uh, talk about useful idiots unchained you were really pushing the you know shit talking if you will I, I was i was just saying that clearly i would eat shit before right having right sex with dead kissinger yeah well, you know, I don't, I don't, that's a game changer for anything. Yeah, I don't think that's a bold take. What about, well, eat? would you eat Kissinger shit or have <laughs> Kissinger sex? Also, how much does it matter if he's alive or dead? I feel like actually living Kissinger is like so repugnant. We could even, it's like dead, would you rather have sex with a dead person, a living Kissinger, or eat shit? Right, yeah, it's not enjoyable either way. I mean, right. I, I, I guess, yeah, I, I don't even want to go... I mean, there there are lots of different. There's a line, there. and Living Kissinger has passed that line. <laughs> is, you'll talk about eating shit. You'll talk about sex with dead people, but please, but please, yeah, they're, trigger they're, warning for the for the for uh, whatever whatever it is that, that that is going on in that in that in that in that situation. I, yeah. I think we we need a trigger warning for that. Yeah. But um, all right, so so yes, we did have that discussion. We didn't. Act, I don't remember what the conclusions we came to, but we'll have to have a, a yeah. poll about that. Yeah. So I was gonna do okay, weird fish, right? So so Matt, can we see weird fish? It's called a football fish, I think. Hmm. What is that? It looks like a a Nike shoe. All right, so that's a fish. That's a fish. It's like an it's like a angler fish. You know, it's got the thing. You know, where it, it it's trying to oh, get it's you disgusting. to disgusting. Yeah, it's it's nasty. It's like those right? machines that you play with when you're trying to grab the toys. Like a crane or. Well, yeah, but you know those machine those toys that like. At like amusement parks or whatever right. but i'm not gonna do that because that it's it's just a weird fish so. i just don't see the football there though is it am i so ignorant of football that i mean can you validate me that that does not particularly look like a football not particularly no All right. no i mean it's oblong and mm. brown you know but no it looks like a, a, a catcher's mitt you didn't think i'd bit. say that right you didn't think i'd know that little, little catcher's mitt -ish. it looks more like a mitt than a football am i right 
Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Wilson, come on, weigh in on this, please. This can't is, just be me. Is the mouth the opening or where you put your hand in? Yeah, Ma- the mouth is where you put your hand in. Oh yeah, I see it. Thank you. Yeah, I can see. Yeah, that works. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I'm I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna I'm gonna do guy who blows his face off with a 50 caliber machine gun. So and we have because we have video. Weird. So oh uh, no, we do not. We do. Yeah. Uh, so Scott Allen DeShields Jr. is is lucky to be alive after his weapon blew up in his face. Uh, in an Instagram post from at Kentucky Ballistics, DeShields explained that his 50 caliber rifle blew up in his face because of ammo that had been, quote, tampered with. He wrote the following on Instagram about his injuries. Uh, a one inch piece of metal blew through my neck, lacerating my jugular vein and puncturing a hole in my right lung. My right lung would later fill with blood and collapse. My right orbital bone broke in three places and my uh, nose broke. I went blind in my right eye instantly. My eyesight returned a day later. My left index finger snapped and I had fractured ribs. After having my right lung intubated and drained while I was awake, I was then sedated and life flighted to Vanderbilt Hospital in Nashville. Uh, So you can see the picture. See, there he is. Oh my gosh. So let's see. How would you describe that to people who can't see? Very, first of all, hematoma-ish looking hands. Yeah, and he's got he's got a thumb up, thumbs up. Yeah. yeah. Although, is that like willingly? I guess. Uh, so. I think that's supposed to be okay. willingly. Yeah, yeah. So then, if you go, to, if you scroll down, you can actually watch this moment happening. What's up, everybody? My name is Scott, and I'm going to tell you about how my 50 cal exploded, and I almost okay. bit the dust about two weeks ago. So here you can see me taking the last shell casing out, and now I'm loading in the slap round. I screw the cap on all the way. I love how he's narrating this disaster. It's just yeah, and the gun closes completely moment. and everything is functioning as normal. And one thing is something someone may mention is maybe I didn't screw the cap on all the way. Well, you can clearly see the cap is screwed on all the way and this gun actually will not close if the cap is not screwed on all the way. So everything was functioning good on the gun. What I didn't know was the slap good. round that I put inside it was extra, extra hot and I had no idea. And there's really no way for me to have ever known. These rounds are extremely rare and they're very old. Um, They're like $100 a piece. These aren't manufactured anymore. And really there's no way you can really know what's happened to them over time as they've passed hand to hand. I was under the impression that these were genuine military surplus rounds and hadn't been tampered with. He's kind of contradicting himself. He's saying that they are, you never know what happens. They're hot, they're old. Then he's saying they've been tampered with. Well, yeah, he he's saying that I was under the impression that these were normal rounds, but then, but you know, at, at the same time, he's got a hundred. He's spending a hundred dollars for these special custom-made things. Like you would think that that might be a variable. You would, you know that, that there might be something wrong with the round. Right. Anyway, good. Let's let's Sorry, let's yeah, watch it. Tampering. It's not graphic. All the graphic stuff happened after the fact, and I'm going to tell you all about that. But I I am going to show you what happened just so you can see what happened to me that day. He's just sitting. (laughs) Wait, what? Wait, first of all, is that another gun that goes flying? Like a handgun? No, I think it is. Is it? I think he has a gun probably hanging out somewhere else. Okay, let's watch this. Look, that's a that's a oh, is that part of the gun? Look, no, there it is. That's another gun, or it's part of the no, gun. No, no, I think that's part of the gun. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, how did that happen? Well, it's not. You know, terrible it's funny that it's, he, it's, he lived. 
it's it's funny that you asked that. So so here's my answer to how that happened. You were firing a 50 caliber rifle in your backyard, like you know what I mean. Like if you weren't doing that, if you were, oh right, yeah, that you know, yeah. If well, you, I mean, if you were watching Netflix, dead. right? You know what? And 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 why do you, why do you need that? You, like the 50 caliber rifle is what they have on the top of the Humvee, like when guys are you know in in Iraq and they're you know they right. have those circular turrets and right, they're yeah. going around blowing people away. Like you know those things are you, you can like cut a car in half with those things. Yeah. What do you need that for? Why does this guy have that? I mean, I don't know. I mean, does he make training videos? Because he was very set up. He had a tripod and everything, you know, like it almost looks like a fake. But it's not because he did wind up in the hospital, although he could have had a body double. I kind of think he my theory on this is that that's not the guy in the hospital. Oh, it's a different guy. You can't see his face that much. And it kind of doesn't look like him. Yeah. So it's like a body double. It's a body transfer movie. Yeah. Hmm, that's a mystery. We'll have to get to the even weirder. Isn't that even weirder? Right. Maybe maybe when he when the gun blew up in his face that it it changed his identity. Oh, that's true. It could just be injury. But how did it blow up in his face and not like hurt him? I mean, okay, it hurt him. But why is his face intact at all? uh, I don't. Especially since it cut his jugular vein. Yeah. I mean, doesn't it look like that's happening? I guess it's on the other side, so we can't see it that much. But there's something suspicious i'm just marking it down as suspicious that's all i'm gonna say i just i'm just gonna sort of generally make the observation that like you know in terms of things recreationally to do over the weekend firing a 50 caliber rifle there are there's lots of other things right i mean get a massage i don't know especially now that there's no pandemic yeah right yeah you've been vaccinated like that that's probably a thing you could do all right what do you have for for isn't that isn't that terrible so for isn't that terrible? I have a reg, you know, I have a story. Isn't that terrible? If we can just click on this, it's a democracy now. Pollution from animal farming causes tens of thousands of U.S. deaths each year. A new study finds nearly 18,000 premature deaths in the U.S. are caused each year by pollution generated by farms. Animal farming is the leading culprit. Particulate matter created by gases from manure and animal feed, which can mix with other pollutants in the atmosphere, is highly irritating to human lungs and accounts for more deaths than pollution from coal power plants. Scientists say more sustainable farming practices and reducing our consumption of meat, which sharply reduce mortality from agricultural air pollution. Now, Glenn Greenwald, big vegan, is going to probably love that story. Um, so I thought that this is terrible. It also kind of relates to our discussion last week about shit consumption. Mm-hmm. And uh, for people who, again, the, the unfortunate non-paying members, here's a little preview again. But there, we did discuss a story where a woman um, and her daughter and husband ingested shit-tainted, shit-on French fries. But what's interesting is they didn't realize that until they, they took out the much shittier, so to speak, hamburger. Right. At which point they realized that they had already eaten. I don't get that. Like, was it that light of a touch? That light of a shit touch? Well, now we know they should sue, double what sue. Shit touch B, really. What do you say? How light of a shit touch can a shit touch be? How much wood would a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? How much lighter could a shit touch be if a shit touch? I don't know. But yeah, good question all around from both of us. Anyway, but this is related because, again, basically we're we're breathing shit which wow wow once again i'm really ahead of the curve another comeback it is because i was kind of going i don't want to give it away to people who don't subscribe but i was kind of let's just say i said that 
society makes us peer pressure, social peer pressure, of course, would lead someone to say that they'd rather eat shit than have sex with a corpse. But I thought that there is more evolutionary pressure to have sex with a corpse than to eat shit. Not that there's any evolutionary pressure at all to have sex with a corpse. I mean, it's more evolutionarily dangerous, I think, probably, to eat shit. I think. Because... Again, depending. Because there's all this stuff that we're not supposed to. It's like we're getting it out of our bodies. No one. You don't expel a dead corpse. <laughs> <laughs> not yet, at least. One day yeah. with science with all the developments. Yeah. But I'm just saying that's interesting. So if it if it's if it's bad to ingest fart and poop air particulate, imagine how bad it is to actually eat it. And this is your daily reminder, don't eat shit with Katie Halper. <laughs> that's gonna be the name. That's yeah. gonna be the name of a, of the of your groundbreaking Comedy Central series. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Don't eat shit and other lessons I've learned the hard way. I'm just kidding. I never that's terrible. But you know what? I think we need another. Isn't that terrible? Because I didn't want to repeat from last week too much. And we already had the shit, you know, ingestion, whether particulate or actual shit uh, issue. What, what, either in the form of methane or in the form of uh, shit laced French fries. So first, actually, before Taibi sees it, can you, uh, Wilson, can you click on the thing that I, the thing I, I tweet, not my tweet, but the thing I tweeted? This is indeed a terrible, absolutely terrible story. Florida cheerleader 13 was stabbed a horrific amount of time, Sheriff says. Now, that's a terrible story. But do you think see anything extra terrible there, Matt? Okay. I'm missing it. All right. Wilson, if you could go to Exhibit A, my tweet, if you could zoom in on that. I quote tweeted this story at the New York Post, and I said, this is a terrible story, but the headline is grammatically incorrect. It should be oh, a horrific right. mm. number, not horrific amount of times. The sheriff quoted says it correctly. Mm. So this is my isn't that terrible grammar about isn't oh, that terrible. Oh, I see. I yep. see. Yeah. So it's a double whammy, and I think that this could be a real thing that we could become well-known for our useful idiots, which is copy editing terrible news. Mm-hmm kind of make light, maybe makes light of it but you know what grammar is still important grammar is not you know that's not a life and death situation amount versus number but i don't want to let the the tragedy of a 13 year old stabbed many times take away from i don't want her to have, this way she hasn't died in vain <laughs> If her death can be used to shed light on the importance between amount and number. Yeah, we're we're gonna we're gonna get some shit for this. So yeah. so actually let, let and since since we've already done it, let's just go further. Can we can we see the actual story? And really apologies to everyone who knows this person. It's obviously we think it is terrible. Can we, can we see Don't forget the, text? the other isn't that terrible of isn't that terrible of Did I misspell the word? Oh. <laughs> it's oh, three it's... isn't that terribles. Wait a second. How do you spell it? I thought I checked it. I'm a terrible speller. Oh my wow, God. Matt, you're going to have to do Matt, can you in real time tweet this? Apologize for me? Or do uh, I do it myself? Does I have more dignity to do it myself? Yeah, I think you got to do it yourself. It's, it, All right. All right. Here I go. Katie shot the sheriff. Oh my God. I did. Maybe that's the original spelling. Let's see if anyone, let's see if anyone corrected me. Let's see. Let's see what the response is. Ah, here we go. It should be Sheriff, not Sheriff. Oh, fuck. 
This is a good tweet, but the third sentence is orthographically incorrect. It should be sheriff, not sharif. The New York Post spelled it correctly. Yep. What's the non-horrific amount of stabs you can get? That's another question. The fact that the murderer took a selfie in the police car after being arrested speaks volumes. Poor little white boy murders. Buy him a burger. But sheriff, because you know people will get will will get you on the irony. They will. It bugs me too. But when I think about the raw abstract numbers, and even natural numbers are greater, lesser than. Not more, fewer. Doesn't the statement that one can be stabbed a horrific amount of times presume there's a reasonable amount? Okay, that person. All right. That person doesn't get it. And that's why in order to avenge this death, I'm going to have to go there again. But I'm going to have to. Do I delete this tweet? No, I have to own it, right? It's so embarrassing. I yeah, was rushing yeah. to get it done for the show. It's all. You know what? Just lie. Just say, I just wanted to see if you were all paying attention. Yes. Yeah, I'm going to say, yeah, you got it. You got the joke. Very good. Very well done, everyone. Muy bueno. Mm -hmm. Well done to those who count my intentional mistake. This is, I'm such a bad, but you know what? I don't work for the New York Post and I don't have a copy editor. So I actually was showing, not telling. Mm -hmm. Well done, people. Can we see this, the text of the story? I'll just say it was autocorrect. Come on. But what is Sharif? Why was it not? corrected look that is a real world word do you see this what sheriff is a real word what is With it one if f not... yeah what is it if not okay no it's a they're saying they are saying it's uh a descendant of muhammad but that's sharif but i'm asking about sheriff and sheriff with one f is an arabic word meaning noble highborn or honorable and is used to describe a sense of prophet muhammad yeah, that's the thing. That's what I was talking about. Oh. Mm -hmm. I just blame a misunderstanding. you, Spellcheck. Yeah. yeah. Actually, why are you being so Islamophobic, people? Right, right. Put it on them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A descendant of the Prophet Muhammad through his daughter Fatima, broadly one of noble ancestry. I was actually praising. Here's what I was doing. I was praising the sheriff for getting it right. He is, he is a of noble ancestry or political preeminence because of his grammar. Jesus, I can't believe we did that. Can we see the lead? Fuck. See, this is a triple, isn't that terrible? The 13-year-old Florida cheerleader who was found dead Sunday in a remote wooded area of the state was, was stabbed a horrific amount of times, a new report said. St. John's County Sheriff Rob Hardwick shared the revelation in a Tuesday interview with WJXT, where he also characterized the death of Tristan Bailey as a, quote, cold-blooded murder. Aiden Fucci, 14, a seventh-grade classmate of Bailey's, has been busted for her slaying. Details surrounding Bailey's death uh, had been scarce, but earlier Tuesday, the St. John's County Sheriff's Office said the medical examiner <laughs> ruled it a homicide caused by sharp force trauma by stabbing, the report said. Uh, quote, that being said, I don't want to mention the number of times, but it is horrific. It is horrible. Uh, and the word accident is nowhere involved in this case. Can we scroll down a little, just a little oh, bit more? Oh, someone didn't accidentally stab someone a horrific number of times while they were having a seizure and holding a knife? I mean, I don't even know how that could happen, yeah. Hardwick said Fucci's is only, uh, officer's only suspect the boy was arrested money on a second-degree murder charge. This is a cold-blooded murder of a 13-year-old young girl who did not deserve to die, the Sharif said. Uh, on Tuesday morning, Fucci was ordered to remain in juvenile custody for the next 21 days while prosecutors decide if they will charge him as an adult. So they didn't tell us how many times, just that it was oh. a horrific number. 
I mean, right. then I was like, could it actually be amount? If if the point is it like a poetic thing? Like we don't even know the number, so it's an amount. I don't think that's how it works though. An amount is collective, like an amount of time. Right. It's or not, it's it's, a, it's, it's abstract. Space. It's abstract. It's not concrete. You could stab somebody with a horrific amount of passion. Yes, that's it. That right. that's it, Matt. Now you're talking. You know, this was the teachable moment from this tragedy. A horrific amount of misguided energy went into that. Yeah, but I, can't uh, I did that shit. But you know what? Shout out to to Spellcheck for including Sheriff. I think that's funny. It's a little bit ironic, but it it, it, it I think it works out funny in the end. Yeah, like we, we like look, you. We ha- yeah, you went for you went for a joke that I think was like admirably tasteless. Like in, in yeah. another in other words, that it, it, it took some guts. To go for the whole like, let's not let her death be in vain by yeah. making sure that there's a that we were learning a grammar lesson. And then what I wound up doing was doing a double lesson, right. which is that sheriff is not spelled the way Sharif is, and it won't be caught by spell check, which is inclusive, and I like that. I like what you're doing there, spell check. But it's the lesson is you got to just double check, and also you got to make the effort. I mean, t- honestly. It was right there below in the in the thing I was quote tweeting. Very hard to justify, except I was rushing to get it done for this show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, this was a great show. We learned a lot. I can't believe. I think the most honestly, the most terrible thing of all that's going on in the world is probably my misspelling of sheriff. But I'm gonna lean into that again. Really excited to talk to Abby. Should Martin. be fun. Let's be let's, fun, yeah. let's get to it. So excited to be having back with us, uh, Abby Martin, intrepid journalist, filmmaker, rabble rouser, uh, sewer of the state of Georgia, (laughs) which we'll get into, and uh, the director of Gaza Fights for Freedom, which is just released for free on YouTube. Thanks for coming. Thank you so much for having me. I thought if you don't mind, guys, we could start because this is going to get heavy, obviously, this conversation because we're talking about uh, what's happening right now in Israel. And so I thought we could start with the funny side, the funny stuff. Yeah. (laughs) So Abby came on my show a couple of weeks ago and brought up Andrew Yang's really bad statements about the occupation, which were made um, to Kyle Kalinske and Crystal Ball. Just really awful kind of typical because he wrote an op ed because, of course, he's running for mayor of New York. So he wrote an op ed saying that, you know, BDS was hearkened back to, to the days of fascism. And was anti-Semitic. And then Crystal called him out on that, which is big because she really likes Yang. It's funny. She was like, you know, I love you, Andrew, but I ha- but I have to say I hated what you wrote, which was I like that. Love, yeah. hate, everything wrapped up in one uh, expression. But and then he kind of doubled down on it, said that BDS is, you know, is an organization that won't condemn people who don't want Israel to exist. We went after him a little bit. I don't feel bad because not only do I not feel bad because I was the right thing to do, but he also is not responding to useful idiots requests to have him on the show again because he <laughs> used us. And then um, I am going to just remind the world that, especially since he's pandering to more conservative Jews in New York, the guy does really not like circumcision. So just take that, put that in your hat and smoke it. 
And so the other day he tweeted this uh, awful tweet. I'm standing with the people of Israel who are coming under bombardment attacks and condemn the Hamas terrorists. The people of New York City will always stand with our brothers and sisters in Israel who face down fascist terrorism and persevere. And then this really isn't that relevant. I would just like to share this tweet that went a little viral. It's a little self-righteous and cringe, but whatever. I'm a native Jewish New Yorker whose family died fighting fascists in Spain and Nazis in Poland. I'm standing with the people of Palestine who are under legal dehumanizing occupation. I condemn Israel's terrorist regime. Matt, you're probably really happy that you're associated with me that I wrote that. Um, Uh, Matt, Matt himself has come under fire for being an anti-Semite. Oh, that's right. Uh, I even forgot about that. (laughs) I mean, I really tried to turn it into a thing. And ADL, if you're watching, we know you are. Remember, you asked the National Post to take down a Matt thing, so please keep doing that so we can respond to it forcefully and uh, we'll get more attention for the show. But anyway, that transition aside, I think that the Yang tweet really like speaks to a major problem that we have among politicians and the media in its representation of this conflict. So wanted to ask you your thoughts on that, and then we can get, get more into the video, how it's being uh, treated by YouTube. Yeah, no, I want to hear what happened to Matt, too. What the hell? The ADL, like? It's yeah. a, okay. a long story. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. And not, not terribly interesting. A, he, un- okay. he included the fact that this very bad Democrat, Josh Gottheimer, was part of a, a frat at Harvard. Um, and you've said this publicly. You didn't even know it was a Jewish frat. I didn't and know then it was a Jewish frat. I was, just, I, was, I was just trying to make it, cause, because it was a story about class, I was trying to make it point out that he was, was fancy. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. Part of, yeah. Right. Okay. And, and so the ADL was like putting in a Jewish, the fact that someone was a Jewish oh my God. frat is unnecessary. And then even Jerry Nadler tweeted it. And I was really trying to foment it. I was trying to get Matt to like lash out. I really want a big pushback so I could be his Jewish shield and write self-righteous <laughs> statements like that one. Yeah. Um, I did right. a little bit, said how that's really, it is so fucked up that that's the anti-Semitism they're talking about. Not right. Because I mean, they, they can't just... talk about the, the anti-Semitism that exists in countries like hungry or or yeah. austria because they're buddies with israel so yeah awkward yeah i mean they yeah. just weaponized the critic i mean they've weaponized the notion of anti-semitism and basically deflected all criticism of israel into the notion that you are a racist and a bigot right if you dare to criticize what's going on and i think that's just a really strange evolution and yeah it does speak to a huge problem with sitting u.s politicians especially because the wave of public consciousness has shifted so dramatically there is a gallup poll if I'm not mistaken, done every year about like Americans' views on Israel-Palestine. And for the first time in the history of this poll, Americans actually say that Israel should be pressured, not Palestine, to resolve the quote-unquote conflict. So I think that really speaks to where we're at um, and just the pressure needs to keep building. But in terms of Andrew Yang, it was a deplorable comment that he made. It really speaks to just how pathetically pandering he is to the Jewish community in New York you know, he was given a lot of flack, rightly so, for that tweet, because it was just so unabashed. I mean, standing with your brothers and sisters in, in, in Israel against the terrorism of Hamas. I mean, not even a mealy-mouthed condemnation for the terrorism perpetrated by, of course, the Israeli state. He was ratioed very heavily for that tweet. And then he actually had to make a giant statement with prayer hands today that was just really hard to read. It was a whole lot of nothing. Right. I don't know if you ha- happen to read that, Katie. Prayer, it was just... prayer hands and the pay us or no? Just <laughs> no, just, they don't, I don't just know if the... they pay us emojis. Yeah. <laughs> just the prayer hands just saying, uh, you know, I uh, just because I support the Israelis doesn't mean I don't mourn the death of every Palestinian. 
So basically just a whole lot of words saying absolutely nothing other than doubling down on the fact that he supports Israel right. um, unequivocally. And But of course, we can still mourn the death of everyone. Basically saying Hamas is responsible for the deaths of Palestinians and, and we're still standing with Israel. And it was just yeah. atrocious, you know, because at this point, it's really hard to imagine that any politician who even posits himself as remotely progressive would still take that kind of staunch line uh, right. to stand with Israel in, at this moment in history. So what yeah. precip- what pre- precipitated this latest situation? So basically, there are hundreds of extremist Israeli settlers that are stationed in East Jerusalem. East Jerusalem is also under brutal military occupation um, on behalf of the Israeli state. This is a military occupation that, of course, uh, runs in flagrant violation of international law. So under Israeli martial law, you cannot hold up a Palestinian flag. You cannot convene in groups of 10 people or more. You certainly cannot protest. For decades, groups have been trying to ethnically cleanse Sheikh Jarrah, a neighborhood, a Palestinian neighborhood in East Jerusalem. And finally, the court had some sort of victory where they thought it gave them a mandate to go and actually violently remove Palestinians from these homes that they have been sitting in for generations. Um, And you can see videos of actual pogroms being initiated. I mean, literally people screaming for their lives, getting thrown out of these homes, all of their belongings thrown in the streets. Um, and thousand strong mobs chanting death to Arabs and burn their memories as these uh, as this initiation is going on. So this was kind of what sparked everything off. Of course, this is all during the holy month of Ramadan. Um, the Al-Aqsa Mosque is stationed in Jerusalem. This is the third holiest site in Islam. So you may have seen some of these viral videos, not only of these mobs chanting, and Palestinians kind of convening in peaceful protests and then getting brutalized as a response because the Israeli soldiers take the side of the settlers, but then worshipers by the hundreds praying in Al-Aqsa Mosque and then getting stun grenades, smoke bombs unleashed inside of the mosque. Hundreds of worshipers had to go to the hospital and then the Israeli soldiers actually tear gassed inside the hospital, which is a war crime. Um, And then you see very disturbing images of thousands of extremist settlers chanting outside of Al-Aqsa Mosque as it burns. And keep in mind the images of the Notre Dame Cathedral. I know people Mm -hmm. have like brought this up, but I think this is a really, really stark contrast is that when Notre Dame Cathedral was on fire, the world like paused. Tens of millions of dollars were thrown at Notre Dame, historians from all over the world were just saying, this is totally insane. Everyone, you know, we need to band together and save this, this ancient um, religious emblem. And no one is really talking about that with the Al-Aqsa Mosque, which is actually a hundred years older than Notre Dame. And it was burning and you have these really horrifying images of thousands of people chanting and jumping outside of the Al-Aqsa Mosque, chanting, burn their memories and death to Arabs. And people who don't really, like, it's, it's really hard to imagine what's going on if and it's easier to imagine if you actually compare it to something like this like imagine like a pro-trump mob storming an immigrant community in texas and just violently tearing apart people's homes and just like literally taking them over and occupying like an immigrant community's neighborhoods so that's what's going on and then also celebrating it right celebrating it and then imagine an armed group of muslims seizing a synagogue an ancient synagogue and chanting death to jews 
And I think that the media would treat them very differently because it's so offensive to liberal sensibilities if you're talking about someone like Trump mobs, right? But for some reason, I think that going back to the whole weaponization of anti-Semitism and the deflection of criticism, it's kind of an untouchable situation and um, it continues to be both sided, you know, and, and continues to just be obfuscated of, of what the stark reality really is. So this was all what preceded the actual rockets being fired from Gaza. So, you know, in the corporate media, they like to begin with rockets were fired. And of course, Israel has the right to defend itself. But no one ever talks about what preceded the rockets. And, right, exactly, um, yeah. and this was a you know full-fledged assault during such a holy time on one of the most ancient mosques. Um, and, it, you know, Hamas had issued a statement saying we will retaliate if, if these attacks continue. And, and they did. According to Elizabeth Surkov, who is a uh, blue check, she says that what they're saying there, uh, remember me, strengthen me just this once, God, that I may with one blow take vengeance on the Palestinians. May their progeny be erased for my two eyes, end quote. And that's altering Judges 1628. So that's a I guess they modified Mm -hmm. Judges 1628. Wait, that's the song? Yeah, it's a 1996 song called Remember Me, and it's associated with the Israeli far right. It, it gained renewed attention after it was played in 2015 at a wedding while attendees celebrated the torching to death of Palestinian baby Ali Dawab Shelen by Jewish militants. And these teens here in this video, the more recent one, these teens are students of pre-military yeshivas. The flag being waved is for the Tsiva Yeshiva in Dimona. And then she says, as a Jew, it hurts me to see this disgusting show of hatred at the holiest site for the Jews, the Western Wall, young boys celebrating as East Jerusalem burns. Zionism is infecting Jewish identity in Israel with ethno-nationalism, militarism, and glorification of violence. And then read the ancient curse used by those attending at Oh seven, you can hear the crowd scream Yimach Shehem, Shemam. Sorry, Yimach Shemam. Literally, may their name be erased. What's really interesting is that some some like defend Israel defenders are are like this is just National Jerusalem Day. They're just celebrating right, yeah. as usual <laughs> in front yeah. of a burning mosque, right? Yeah. Which they're clearly looking at. It's not like they're <laughs> randomly walking by a mosque, you know, doing their normal you know, may they may their progeny be erased spiel coincidentally in front of a mosque that they didn't notice is burning. I mean, it's just like absurd, the mental gymnastics that people go into. You can't you can't discount the, the possibility that that's that's true. I mean, yeah, but do you see them looking? I mean, they're all facing it like I'm, I'm kidding. Oh, it's a very, fuck, very quaint sorry. nationalist anthem there. Yeah, may now, their I can't memory be erased. And again, as you said, Abby, I mean, imagine just imagine Muslims mm-hmm. outside of a synagogue doing that just like yeah. for one second, like one second. Imagine that. And then so what we saw was just a horrible bloodletting. I mean, after that, the, the rockets were fired and Israel issued a wildly disproportionate response that targeted entire residential buildings. And because someone's in Hamas, it still makes it a war crime illegal under international law to target an entire home of a sleeping family. Right. 
And that's what they did. They killed, they basically obliterated an entire family two days ago. It's just absolutely shocking. Which is something I think is really great about your documentary, Gaza Fights for Freedom, is that, you know, people get very impassioned, understandably, about this issue. There is, I mean, anti-Semitism exists. The Holocaust happened. Anti-Semitism still exists. And none of that is honestly relevant because... It's just black and white that Israel commits like crimes against humanity, violates international law, violates human rights. And we know this not just because like Palestinians have been saying this for decades, but it's really hard to deny this because unfortunately for Israel, Human Rights Watch, which is Mm -hmm. probably the most conservative, like small C conservative human rights organization in the United States, said that it's an apartheid state like they that was a historic moment that human rights watch did that and before that um israel's biggest uh human rights watch human rights organization betselem that focuses on you know on the treatment of palestinians they also said it was it was apartheid like it's whether or not this will mean things have shifted things have shifted in terms of what people are saying about israel whether or not that'll change the treatment of Israel. But it is, it's no longer, like, you can't any longer really hide behind it's anti-Semitic to call Israel apartheid when you have a Jewish human rights organization, Israeli Jewish human rights organization, saying it is apartheid. And there's a whole different discussion we can have about the how whether it's problematic to, like, privilege or center Jewish voices around it. But just as a matter of fact... It is not it is no longer something that Israeli Jews can deny. The Human Rights Watch just issued a two year long investigation. Not quite sure why it took two years to uh, come to the to conclusion. Fair, but, but nevertheless, to cover. Yeah, right. Yeah, there was a lot, a lot of ground. Yeah. Uh, but it is amazing that they came out with the statement, especially considering that their bureau chief in Ramallah had actually gotten deported by Israel. This was the bureau chief uh, Palestinian man that was stationed in Ramallah uh, on behalf of Human Rights Watch. I think this happened a year or so ago. He was deported for simply just criticizing Israel for war crimes on behalf of the organization, and Israel deported him for that. Uh, and Human Rights Watch is kind of notorious for, you know, condemning the human human rights atrocities going on on behalf of Palestinian forces and Hamas and all of that. So the fact that Israel went to such an extreme length to shut down Human Rights Watch maybe prompted this decision, and I commend them for that, right. and as well as the ICC declaring that they are going to investigate Israel for war crimes. Uh, and of course, that is that is a big moment as well. All right, well, that was great. If you want to see the extended interview with Abby Martin and a segment that we did on Joe Biden's uh, press relationships, then please become Substack supporters at usefulidiots.substack.com and continue, of course, to rate and review us on iTunes. Spread the word. Tell your friends how great the show is. And yeah, paid subscribers, you get bonus content. It's worth every penny. You guys get those. The people who listen for free are total. they, They lose out. I can't believe anyone listens for free. If only they knew what you knew.
The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.